Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Christopher Shafforth, Communications Director for the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, I'll be talking to Josh Breckenfeld, Chairman of the Insurance Charities. In this episode of the podcast, we're discussing the work of the insurance charities, which has been providing support for current and former insurance employees and their dependents in the UK and Ireland since 1902. I'm joined by the organisation's chairman, Josh Breckenfeld. Here's my conversation with Josh. Welcome, Josh, and thanks for joining me on the podcast. Great to be here, Chris. Thank you so much. Now, Josh, can you tell me some more about the organisation, please, why it exists and who supports it? Yeah, I'm really happy to take an opportunity to do this with you, Chris. And and again, thanks for the invite. It's it's really appreciated. You know, the insurance charities, really simply, it's the only registered charity in the UK and Ireland that puts this as our mission, to help individuals connected with the insurance industry in their time of need. And we've been doing this, as you mentioned in your intro, for over 100 years. So we've got some staying power with this. And I think it's pretty remarkable, not just the fact that we've been doing it, but kind of how we go about it, how we're able to provide this help, because it's not just financial help that we're talking about here, although we do issue financial grants. We also offer a lot of non-financial grants as well, a lot of non-financial assistance to folks that are in need. And we're able to sustain this help for as long as it's necessary or as long as it's required by our beneficiaries. So I mentioned that we help folks connected in our industry. So let me just unpack what that means, right? So first, obviously this means individuals who are currently working in the industry, that would be at any level from a CEO straight on down to a support role or a starter role in the organization, we review these as largely eligible. And what I'm trying to say is that our help is available to just about anybody who works in our industry as a career. And we try to think about timelines and guideposts but fundamentally, if you think of insurance as your career, we probably have some help available to you. In addition, we talk about that help. We also need to understand exactly what the, the need is, right? So we need to see a hardship of some kind. And the bulk of these can be linked to a financial hardship. And the root cause of that hardship can be really anything. And then that's where the insurance charities is, is here to help. So first thing, connected to the industry and somehow, even if that means you're a dependent, and second, uh, you have you have a need of some kind, and that really opens up the opportunity for the insurance charities to step in and help. And I should say the process that we follow in sort of working with our clients is absolutely anonymous. And I and I mentioned that for you because I know that talking about hardship can be a difficult thing. So we work really hard to make sure our process is quick, it's efficient, and it's as personal as possible. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic, Josh. And I, I know you were talking there about both financial and non-financial assistance, and we'll perhaps come back to the non-financial assistance in some of the later questions today. But I also wanted to explore that financial assistance. I know the insurance charities awarded over £1.3 million pounds, uh, of support to people in need last year. And that's a phenomenal sum of money. So where do the funds come from that support the insurance charities, and how have they helped some individuals? Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky at the insurance charities to have funds that we can draw upon to help folks within the industry. And, you know, you mentioned that 1.3 million pound mark. I mean, that is something that we are incredibly 
proud of, but I also think it's a very sobering moment. I mean, every pound of that is going to somebody who who has a need, who has come to us in, in some really difficult uh, situations. So the 1.3 helps us understand that there is a need out there, and it also helps us understand that we're helping to meet that need. But we're also convinced as a charity that the need for our services is growing. And indeed, we're working hard to find more folks in, in our industry that we can help. And we know this is true, especially as the cost of staples continue to rise, along with interest rates and inflation. It's, it's creating a real squeeze and pinch uh, and hitting folks you know, where they are right in their pocketbook. So now, in terms of how that 1.3 breaks down, you know, as I mentioned before, the charity is incredibly agile in terms of how we respond to specific needs that come to our door. So yes, financial grants are by and large the bulk of of the help that we provide, and and you know, and that's that's something where we can we can figure out through the sums exactly, you know, what we can be able to offer to a beneficiary that would make a real impact in their life and, and, and really you know, get them out of the, the current position they're in. But there's also a lot of non-financial help that we provide. And this is the stuff that I'm really proud of, that as a charity, we have the ability to work this nimbly, to be this agile. So what am I talking about here? You know, Some of the things that, that I've seen in my time at the charity are you know, helping out with school costs, which we know uh, can be a real burden on a family, helping out with specialized medical treatments, including things that, you know, sometimes the NHS isn't available to pick up the bill for, but, you know, we think there's a there's a need and an urgency to it, so we'll help out. We've also looked at property repairs and property maintenance, you know, even things like dishwashers, dryers, looking at how folks are commuting. All of that is something that if demonstrated there's a need around, we can be able to put ourselves in a position to provide that assistance. And we really pride ourselves on this and being able to help anyone who is eligible to come to our doors. And what you were describing there, Josh, I guess, is a reflection of the wider economic situation at the moment. And why would the insurance industry and people working within the industry be any less exposed to the pressures that any of us is facing at this moment in time? It makes complete sense that you would be experiencing those demands for your services at this moment, just like other organisations, I suppose, are also experiencing those sorts of demands. And I guess, you know, you would encourage anybody who's in the profession who's experiencing financial financial hardship or anyone who's unsure of whether they qualify for help to to get in touch. Yeah, Chris, I mean, this is this is a really important point to us because as a charity, as as I said at the at the intro, we've been around for over 100 years and it is our sole mission uh, to help individuals who are associated with this industry. And so I'm really glad you brought this up because the charity is working hard, I think harder now more than ever to get our message out there that to the insurance community in you know the UK and in Ireland that we are here to help. And I know your listeners, most of whom are CII members, have been incredible advocates of our work already. And I cannot tell you how proud and grateful I am for that ongoing relationship with the CII and with its members. But as our industry continues to evolve, we also need to look at new ways to get the message out there like appearing on podcasts, for example. So, so yeah, I would definitely encourage anyone who's listening to this, anyone who's associated with the insurance industry, if you are experiencing a financial need or you know just need to sort of talk something through, get in touch with us. I mean, we, we may be able to help. We also have a host of partners that if we can't help, we may be able to refer you to somebody who can. And for folks on this podcast that 
you know, or thinking about a conversation that they had at a water cooler or, you know, somebody else who's working in the industry, you know, please refer us um, widely. You know, we're very, probably the easiest way to get information about us is through our website, but equally, we're very good at picking up the phone and talking as well. And and I stress at this point that, that all of these conversations are completely anonymous, uh, again, because we know that they can be, they can be difficult conversations to get started. So we, we want to make it uh, as anonymous and, and, and as quick and easy as possible. Wow, that's uh, that's superb, Josh. And, and, and thank you also for mentioning our CII members as well. I know we have a lot of fantastic members who already get involved uh, with the work of the insurance charities. And I guess on the flip side of providing support, you do need individuals who are prepared to be volunteers to help the work that you're conducting. And I understand you've got a dedicated team of volunteers across the UK and Ireland who visit beneficiaries and undertake awareness raising and fundraising locally. So how can people who are listening uh, get involved if that's what they would like to do? Yeah. And, and, and thanks for that, Chris. You know, I, I should say as a charity, I think as most charities are, but we are wholly dependent on the generosity of our network of volunteers to carry out some important parts of our work. And that includes everybody from the board straight on down. We maintain a very lean workforce so that we can ensure that the funds that we have at our disposal are largely going to assist beneficiaries. And what that means is, you know, we are constantly reliant uh, on, on some very generous volunteers for their times and services. And as I said earlier, you know, as we expect to see and as we look to help more folks, uh, the demand for more volunteers and every facet of, of the work that we do continues to grow. So we're always looking for volunteers. We call them, you know, we have charity ambassadors, which are the sort of folks that understand what the, the charity does and sort of raise the awareness from it. And then we have another group sort of what we very cleverly refer to as uh, charity visitors. And these are the folks that sort of help us get out to our beneficiaries, keep touch with them, you know, make sure that their needs are being met and that, you know, the help that we're providing is impactful. And as I mentioned already, the CII has been incredible at, at, at filling these roles and has an incredible history of working with the insurance charities. And I, and I, I really want to take the time to acknowledge that. Um, and you've done it through local institute dinners where you select the insurance charities to be your partner and you allow us to come to the dinner and sort of talk about what it is that we're doing. And I know that many CII members serve as charity ambassadors as well as those client charity visitors. And I have members of my board uh, and committees who are CII members. It's a, it's a real dedicated stream and there's a real strong relationship that, that exists for some times. But if there's one thing that I can ask each of your listeners to do, you know, regardless of, of whether they've got time to volunteer or not, it's to go onto our LinkedIn page uh, and to connect with us and to like and share our content. And that's particularly relevant as we go into Awareness Week, which, I, you know, I'm, I hope we get some time to talk about through the course of this, uh, this podcast, because during Awareness Week, we will be specifically authoring content that can be shared to help raise awareness around the charity's work. And, and in this digital age, you know, that sort of, that distribution channel, as we like to call it, is a powerful way for us to reach more and more folks that need our help, which is the call, the critical call for today. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we'll put the details of the LinkedIn page alongside this podcast when it goes out and make sure people are able to find that additional information as well. And you've mentioned the Awareness Week. Now we're recording this interview ahead of 
Awareness Week, which runs from the 19th to the 23rd of June. And I believe as one of the things that you're doing through Awareness Week, and perhaps you know you can unpack some of the other uh, aspects of it, but specifically you're, this year you're offering a free online dementia friends session, and that's to help change people's perceptions of dementia in particular this year. Yeah, I mean, we, we're very fortunate. We have a partnership with the Alzheimer's Society. And I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that, you know, we do, we do a lot of financial grants. We do a lot of financial grants. And some of that work we do through our partnership. So this is a great example of, of how we are reaching folks to need through our partnership. And the Alzheimer's Society has a program that they run, which is called Dementia Friends. And it's sort of raising awareness about dementia in a, in a sort of bite-sized one-hour seminars type format so that listeners can come in, learn a little bit more about the illness, understand how they can, you know, better interact with it and with folks in their community that have it. And so we're very proud and excited that the Alzheimer's Society will be running uh, this Dementia Friends session during this year's Awareness Week, which I think this particular session will take place on the 22nd of June, which is a Thursday. And it is a virtual session. And it's, it's really informative, I think, because there's so many myths out there about the illness. And this really helps bust down some of those myths and empower people to engage with it. And and I think that's a great thing. And I'm happy to say that at this point, the take up for signing up to the event has been really high. So uh, we just encourage more and more folks to do it. And uh, it's just it's just another one of those ways that we are trying to work with partners, you know, to to raise awareness about the insurance charities, but also to raise awareness about some very other important things. Uh, which are happening in and around our communities. Fantastic. I really would encourage anybody listening to to sign up to that session. And Josh, uh, we're coming towards the end of this podcast now, but I just wonder, are there any other activities that would also support raising awareness of the charity's work? There are other things that you uh, want to just plug that we might have missed earlier on in this particular podcast. Chris, I really appreciate the opportunity to just free plug things. So if you don't mind, and if I can indulge your listeners, I'll, I'll do just that. So as I said, the CII has always been a real champion of our work. And I really want to, again, just thank your listeners for that incredible support that's already been shown. As you and I have talked about, Awareness Week is, is really our cornerstone event that we put on every year that just everything that we can do within that week to raise the awareness, uh, we will do. So, you know, we will have podcasts as we've already talked about, there'll be content and infographics that we put out that sort of summarize what the insurance charities has been up to over the previous year. And all of this is, is put in formats that are very easy to share, very easy to read. So, you know, encouraging anyone listening to, to sort of have a look onto the website and just get engaged with activity through that week. And hopefully this podcast has given your listeners even more to talk about, right? Just in terms of the history and the scope and hopefully um, breaking down some of those myths about how you can access this charity's help so that folks feel now equipped to have conversations with coworkers or with colleagues or with friends about the insurance charities and the help that we do, because we think those small conversations actually can have a real opportunity to be impactful in somebody's life. And as I said earlier, there's always our social media channels. Uh, Please follow, like, and share. I know know everyone hears that nowadays, but it really is important. And I mentioned our website, you'll find a lot of information there. And the infographics that sort of summarize the work that we do over the year will be posted throughout the week. And it's important that, that folks feel that they can access the information and talk about it. But more practically, 
you know, we as a charity spend a lot of time talking to HR professionals and CSR professionals, that's corporate social and responsibility uh, professionals that are within the insurance industry to talk about how the insurance charities works in concert with some of these efforts that employers are already doing. And if that is a space that you work in or that you think someone in your employer's space would like to know more about, please get in contact with us and we can set up that discussion as well. So hopefully, Chris, that was was probably more than you bargained for, but there's lots of different ways that, that folks can can learn more about the charity and get involved with us. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Josh. And I, I know those listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm sure it will have filled in gaps that they, they might not have appreciated the full extent of the work that uh, the insurance charities does. And I really do hope that uh, some of you listening get in touch with uh, the charity because its work is absolutely incredible for those that it benefits. If you can support it in whatever way you can, whether that's being a volunteer or in, in other ways, Signing up for the sessions with on dementia awareness would be, you know, a step in the right direction. But there are other things that Josh was mentioning there that you might also want to get involved with as well. So we'll put the details of the insurance charities, as I say, alongside this. We've come to the end of this podcast. Uh, and thank you so much, Josh, for coming on. Uh, it's terrific to hear all of the work. And thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for your time, Chris. Thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk slash podcast or follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, goodbye. 